Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. What's happening? Welcome in. It's the Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. My name happens to be Jason Martin, so I guess that all works out. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. You can find me there. The crew is Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley. You'll hear plenty from all three of them over the next three hours. Been out for a couple of weeks. Appreciate the fill-in. Appreciate all the support. Appreciate all the kind words coming to social media and those over the last few days that were like, hey, it's going to be cool to have you back on Sunday. Well, it is cool to be back. I got dad brain. I'm just going to go ahead and call it that. That's what people have been telling me I've got. I agree. Uh, I have been screwing up all sorts of things, simple things, brain power, not exactly at full strength right now. As a matter of fact, I just finished my shift with CG, our new daughter, who's just, uh, <clears throat> it's awesome. It is awesome. And we just, she's now just a little over two weeks old, but the wife needed to sleep. So she got to sleep over the last, you know, five hours or so as soon as we finished dinner. So I've just kind of been up with CG handling all I can. Clara Grace is her name. And Basically, my wife, I tagged her in, hot tag at 115, then jumped in the car only to find out, oh, the main interstate is shut down. So I had to take a detour to get here. Dad brain got me here, but luckily I also had a GPS in the car that got me here. So I'm rolling straight off of four to five hours of every sound I hear. I'm now just under the immediate assumption that CG has pooped and there's a problem. And two or three times I've gotten a bottle ready for her only to find out she's then passed back out. Like she fidgets and it's like, oh, okay, well, I don't, I don't want her to start to cry or really need this. So let me go grab this thing and let me come back in and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to have this thing ready to go. So as soon as I see her eyes pop open, bam, there it is. Daddy's got it. hundred percent hero. 
So I go get the bottle because I hear her start to fidget. Pause what I'm watching. Go in there and grab a bottle. I just you know put her down in this spot after kind of holding her for a while. Come back and I sit down with the bottle. I've warmed it. We're ready to roll here. This is dad to year stuff. Motionless. CG is motionless. All the way through when I leave, when I then shamefully have to take that bottle and put it into the refrigerator to hold on to it for an extra hour. And it's just kind of like a walk of shame. Like I'm Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. Just like this child is smarter than me and is now manipulating me. So that's where we find ourselves. But over the last two days, CG and I and my wife, because that's pretty much that's pretty much the fam at this point in time, we watched the NFL draft. So there's a lot happening there, and that's what we're going to talk about throughout much of this program. And we're going to talk about the biggest story in the NFL, which is not the NFL draft. It's Aaron Rodgers. I've been trying to kind of think about why the draft means what it does as an entertainment property. Why we care so much. I, I, I can't stand all the mock drafts for months and months and months and months because I don't believe any of them. Now, if you're doing a bunch of mock drafts yourself, that's different. But a lot of the people that are on TV, a lot of the people that are paid to be experts, understand something crucial. And that is that only their final mock draft, the day of the draft, or the night before the draft, that's the only one anyone's ever really going to care about. The ones that come out for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks before the draft, all those are just, a lot of times it's, let me see who I can move up or down that's going to become a talking point on ESPN all day, or on FS1 all day, or on talk radio all day. How can I make my mock draft relevant? And I don't even know if it's conscious every time. But how else would you explain Mac Jones being on all these mocks from these experts and then the morning of the draft, Todd McShay, who was one that had put Mac Jones at number three for at least four weeks prior, and even in his final mock draft, he explained when he said it's going to be Trey Lance, he explained how... I know what I've been saying for the last month, but I just have a feeling it's Trey Lance. Do you? Do you really have that feeling? So they understand this, so they understand how to milk it. And of course, we all get sucked in. I I listen to my share of those podcasts. I listen to, you know, Steve Palzolo and Sam Monson, who I, you know, talk to on a fairly regular basis on the radio. I listen to Pro Football Focus. I listen to Football Outsiders. I listen to all the stuff you would expect. All the stuff you listen to, all the stuff of the athletic, you get sucked into it, but why does it work? And for some reason, I actually started to think about this today and thought of The Social Dilemma, the documentary on Netflix from last year, which I urge you to watch. I don't agree with every point it makes, but I agree with a lot of them. And one thing that it does as it it's a lot of people that work for all these social media companies in their inception and how it was put together basically to attract as much of your time as possible to throw ads in your face and sometimes move the needle politically and all that kind of stuff. But Twitter is the one that really stood out for one reason. The way Twitter is designed is not an accident. 
It's designed to replicate gambling. It's designed to replicate a slot machine. If you go to Twitter right now and you scroll, well, I mean, what is your timeline? Your timeline is you pulling a slot. Every time you refresh it, there's a possibility there's a notification for you. There's a possibility you're going to get those three cherries. There's a possibility you've got a new follower. There's a possibility that there's going to be a comment there that you really want to see from somebody you really care about. Maybe it's me at JMR Radio. Or maybe it's somebody super important. Maybe it's some giant celebrity or something like that. Maybe somebody said something. Or I just watched this. Let me see what everybody... I want. Okay, let's see. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I've got Andy Staples now. Oh, there's Robert Mays. Oh, there's, you know, all of that stuff. It's a slot machine. The draft is a slot machine. Because you have zero control over it. But every time you hear the ding, 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 it's like you're pulling a slot because you're about to get new information. You're guaranteed, based on a countdown clock, a certain degree of information rolling out on a regular basis. It happens to be about this country's biggest obsession, professional football. And everybody has an allegiance to a team. And they're interested in a bunch of other teams. And they're interested in the league at large because of fantasy football and all this kind of stuff. But it's the same deal. Go back to you know Farmville and Mafia Wars and all that stuff. That I don't know if that stuff's still happening or not. I got sucked into Mafia Wars for about six months. And then I kind of saw it for what it was and moved on. All these games. WWE Supercard. I realized I needed to delete that when I nearly crashed my car on the way to Nashville when I was still living in Kentucky because I was trying frantically to go through as many matches as I could to earn this limited edition card. And so I'm like barely awake or because I've stayed awake forever. I'm barely conscious and I'm doing these early mornings and all this other kind of stuff. But you can get sucked into it, but it's the same deal. Like what's the reason to play Mafia Wars? It's not to beat you know, whoever it is that you're facing, it's about the collectibles. It's about, oh, maybe I'm going to get this rare loot this time. It's the same thing, Warcraft and all that kind of stuff. Whatever it is, there's something for it. But it's all sort of a lottery-based deal. The NFL draft replicates a lottery in real time where you know you're going to win one way or the other. Like, you're guaranteed to win. You don't have to keep putting in coins. All you have to do is sit there and watch it. It just continues to roll through. And if you've got a giant allegiance to a team, then you're going to sit there even through day three, which is mind-numbingly boring in my opinion, just to find out who's going to end up on the practice squad for your team of choice. So as I watched what happened in Cleveland, and I mean, it was here in Nashville a couple of years ago, and it was one of the greatest nights, one of the greatest weekends in the history of this city, with over 600,000 people downtown, very few arrests. It was just a giant party and a giant celebration. So I certainly, like, as much as I don't like a lot of the run-up to the draft because I just think it's a bunch of lies, I like the draft itself. I like it as a television product. One of the first tweets I sent out Thursday night was... 
how impressed I was with the lineup on NFL Network of analysts. Like I knew who was going to be on ESPN, and I like Lewis Riddick, and I mean Mel Kiper is unbelievable television during the draft, and Todd McShay is is daggone good. Like those guys are talented. But then I go to NFL Network and I see Charles Davis and David Shaw and Daniel Jeremiah. There's Eisen, who I ended up talking to on Friday morning on uh, my Nashville radio program. And then outside, here's Joel Klatt and Kurt Warner. Like they, first, they just had this thing. Back in the day, it was like, here's Dion and here's Michael Irvin and all this stuff. And it just didn't seem like it, it, there was a difference in the level of depth. Like having Daniel Jeremiah is the crucial point here because Daniel Jeremiah is one of the, the guys that has a you know, 400, 500 player list and can rattle off information. And that's what you needed. And Mayock kind of used to be that guy, and then he went to the Raiders and seemingly decided, hey, all that stuff that... They called me an expert on TV for a very, very long time. Now I'm going to do a bunch of stuff that makes no sense at all. And two years after I make draft picks, all of them are going to be on other teams or we're going to have cut them. But as an entertainment property, the NFL draft is fascinating. And it's riveting, even though it's just reading off a bunch of names. My dad came down on Friday. My mom and dad came down, and obviously grandparents are going to see their grandchild, so we're going to see a lot more of them. And dad's a big sports fan, so he's always got questions. And he was just like, you know, I don't really watch much of the draft. I'll just look afterwards and see who people picked. I mean, think about how easy that would be. And that's what I do on day three. It's what probably a lot of you do. But what do you gain out of the experience of watching night one? Night one, okay. You know almost all the players. The trades and the moves and things like that become interesting. But if you're still watching it in in round four or late in round three, what are you really accomplishing? Because that list is going to be there on every one of the sites that you frequent. That list is going to be there. So why do you watch it? Why would you watch that television property? When you could just keep on finding out, you could even sit on social media and they'll just let you know the picks before they're even up on TV. They have turned this thing into a very lucrative property. What was it? Night one beat everything but one World Series game, beat, I think, most of the NBA Finals games, beat a lot of real sporting events just to read a list of names. That's insanity. That's crazy. But it works, and we love it, and we're going to spend the brunt of the next two hours and 45 minutes together parsing a lot of the specific things that went down in the NFL draft. But I thought before we even got there, have you ever thought about the draft being its own version of a lottery and that being almost an addiction? All right, let me just stick around one more pick. Let me stick around one more. Let me pull that slot machine one more time and see if it comes up roses. Let me see if I get the triple cherries for the Detroit Lions. Boom. Let's just roll through. Oh, it's Penny Sewell. Beautiful. Love that. And sometimes you crap out. Somebody takes the guy that you want. It's just, it's constant new information doled out with a countdown clock. The Royal Rumble works for a number of different reasons in WWE, but one of the best parts of it, it's not the Battle Royal. Battle Royals suck. All of them do. They suck to watch, and they suck to be a part of. Trust me. People hate being in battle royals. 
So what is it about the Royal Rumble that makes it different than just why didn't every why didn't all thirty of them just start in the same ring at the same time? And we've we've seen that be the primary way battle royals are done in professional wrestling forever. So why is it that the Royal Rumble works? It's the clock. It's at the end of the clock. Here comes someone new, and it's unexpected, and it's new information, and again, it's pulling a slot machine. And we're captivated because of that. And I think that's what we saw with the NFL draft. I've never seen it this way until this weekend, but it was the analogy from the Social Dilemma documentary of Twitter designers telling us, hey, we built this because of the way the mind works to create it to make it look like a slot machine. And if you go to Twitter right now, you'll see it every single time you refresh, or you can even do it in your head. You don't actually have to do it physically because you know what it's like. You know how many times you've refreshed instead of just getting off of Twitter and going and living your life. You know how many times you've kept, I'm going to go to notifications one more time. Let me go here one more time. Let me go here one more time. Let me go here one more time. The draft is just another example of that. And it seems like that, whatever that mechanism is, is undefeated in the human psyche. And as a result, the NFL draft becomes wildly entertaining and has created its own cottage industry of experts who have to do nothing. And they don't even have to be right. I mean, Mel Kuyper, I think, was 5 for 32 in the first round of this draft. Meteorologists are laughing at him. And it doesn't matter. That's a great gig. And I understand, and I still like to listen to Mel Kuyper talk. I think the only thing you you have to be worse at, or the only thing you can be worse at and get paid more than Mel Kuyper to be in the draft, at least this year, to go 5 for 32 or whatever it was, is to be a college football coach to get to $12 million or a $20 million buyout to be told sayonara after doing absolutely nothing. There's some good jobs still left in America, I can promise you that. When we come back, we will talk about the draft and really jump into things. And our draft coverage here on Fox Sports Radio is all brought to you by NetSuite. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash draft. Again, that's netsuite.com slash draft. We'll jump into the quarterback's specifically first when we come back. It's the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jason Martin. It's Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back for Hot Water That Never Runs Out. Go tankless with... Navian, Navian tankless water heaters provide endless hot water for spa-like comfort. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com and save hundreds with local rebates. Tanklessmadesimple.com Oh, so what I'm not going to do is rattle off a bunch of stats about the quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. And a lot of you tweeting me, by the way, at Jmart Radio from that first segment. seems like that analogy of feeling like a slot machine kind of made sense to some of you out there. I said, if you haven't seen Social Dilemma, you should check it out. But I do think there's something to it. Like, why else wouldn't you just read a list of names and go to bed or watch something else? I mean, I got a long list of stuff that I want to watch, and CG's making that tough. The wife is dominating me right now on the 30 Rock watch. She's deep into season three, and I'm early in season two. And that's usually, I think, the main thing both of us are watching during our various shifts, at least right now. But why am I watching seven, eight hours of the draft other than the fact that my living means I better be paying attention to a lot of it? Why would you do that? Why would you organize parties with a bunch of people and sit around and get excited about it? And the countdown clock matters, whether it's the NFL draft, whether it's when you pull a slot, there's no countdown clock, but every time you pull, something's coming from that. The Royal Rumble, like I said, Twitter, every time you refresh it, maybe there's going to be something there. It actually becomes a function. It's it's like a compulsion to do it. What's the latest tweet? When... One of, one of the things that killed off the tweet bots of the world, which were better apps, at least for a long time, they were far superior apps, and I even paid for them. I had TweetBot 2 and TweetBot 3. But when they took, I think it's an API, I think is what it's called. When they took the API ability away from third-party developers on Twitter, only, only the actual official Twitter app, the first-party app, could refresh timelines on its own. You had to take extra steps to do it on all the third-party apps, and they have died as a result of that. It's not what they wanted to do, but it became a new regulation from Apple 
and it just crushed them. Because it's the timeline refresh that keeps us on Twitter. It's not going through timelines for hours of the stuff that we miss. Some of that stuff happens. Usually that's a bad idea. Every time I catch myself doing that for about five minutes, I'm usually like, what exactly are you hoping to accomplish here? What do you what do you scroll in this timeline to find? Stuff you like or reasons to hate? And unfortunately, a lot of times, my answer is the second one, at which point I try to pull myself away. But it's the same deal. Like, even right now, what was I doing during the break? Well, people were sending me stuff. And it's awesome. Like, it, it's cool. It's addictive. The draft is addictive because people keep on sending you notifications every 10 minutes. And it's NFL players, and it's where they're going to be, and it's rookies, it's dudes that you watched in college, and holy cow, he could make the Miami Dolphins something special. And the quarterbacks are a draft unto themselves. Number one, number two, we knew. The draft began at three. Who was San Francisco going to draft and why were they inquiring with the Green Bay Packers about Aaron Rodgers? They traded up from 12 to 3. And all you heard was Mac Jones. And it never made sense to me. And I thought, he's going to be there for you at 12. Like, you don't need to get up to three to take Mac Jones. Who are you bidding against? This is Jacksonville paying Blake Bortles all over again. This is the Giants paying Adoree Jackson what they paid him this offseason. There are are some moves that you look at, and it's just like, I mean, wow, you might like that guy, but who else was going to pay him what you paid him? So the 49ers made their move, and they made the move to Trey Lance. Trey Lance, who's thrown, I think, 317 passes total as a player. Trey Lance, who didn't play against the competition maybe you'd want him to play for. But Trey Lance, whose name actually was on preseason watch lists, unlike Zach Wilson, unlike Mac Jones. The guys' names that actually had been there were Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. After that, you usually saw something like Kellen Mond, who would go way later on to Minnesota in this draft. But then it's Mac Jones is the new hotness, man. Mac Jones is going number three overall, and San Francisco knows exactly what they're doing. At some point today, we'll talk about the seasonal lies, but... I was trying to understand why that was the case. I know Mac Jones was super accurate. But Tua was really accurate at Alabama also. And the stories from his rookie season were not exactly flattering. Mac Jones had the Heisman Trophy winner as one wide receiver, he didn't have the benefit of Jalen Waddle through the season like he ultimately or ordinarily would have. But everybody who plays wide receiver at Alabama now is generally going to be a first-round draft pick, it looks like. And how many great Alabama quarterbacks do we have in the NFL today? 
Tua is certainly a question mark right now. Last time I checked, Greg McElroy is working on television. A.J. McCarron, I found out, is an Atlanta Falcon as of Saturday. Blake Sims, I have no idea. Jake Coker, I have no idea. I don't know where any of those guys are. Jalen Hurts, certainly that's a question mark as well in Philadelphia. And now there's Mac Jones, who doesn't have the benefit of Hurts' athleticism or Tua's athleticism. He's just more of a statue-type quarterback in an era where you don't find them succeeding. Yet I still like him too. But not at three, and it never made sense. Oh, but Kyle Shanahan loves quarterbacks like that. I mean, does he? He liked Matt Ryan, but maybe that's because that's who was there. What we knew was he didn't love Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he talked to the media, and I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish there, but I'm pretty sure he failed. Saying that, ah, uh, you know what, we, we, the idea of moving up from 12 to 3 to get a quarterback but not knowing who you were going up for never, never washed with me. Yet everybody said that was the case. And then, if you want to back it up, all you hear is Mac Jones, and then, oh, you know what, maybe Justin Fields, and then day of the draft, Trey Lance. And then the, the odds start going in favor of Trey Lance in Vegas as well. I have said before on this program, mark the tape, I believe Justin Fields will be a better pro than Zach Wilson. Because I just don't know what Zach Wilson's going to do. I think he has high bust potential. I know what the comparisons are. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, I've heard now some. All these different things. All this stuff could be true to some degree. He's going to play for the Jets. It's a new look Jets. I thought they had a pretty good draft. I like what they did in free agency as well. They've got a new head coach. Maybe it's just going to be completely different there. But I do know that Zach Wilson and the BYU Cougars didn't play a particularly impressive schedule. Had they played the schedule they were originally going to play prior to COVID and all of the changes, maybe we have a different discussion because we've seen a lot more. But Zach Wilson had over five seconds on average. I think that's actually the number. Like, I don't think this is an exaggeration. If you find other information, you can send it to me at JMR Radio, but I think he had over five seconds to throw the ball on average because of the O-line work and because of, well, just the lack of competition defensively to be able to get to him. If he sees five seconds to throw the football in the NFL once a game, that might even be great. What do you look like when you go from having five seconds to throw to 2.4 seconds? Now, they looked at the offensive line as well in the draft, and they already had one talented lineman. So let's say he gets 2.6 seconds, 2.7 seconds. Is that going to be enough? He can make every throw at the pro day, and he can wow people with this off-shoulder thing that you will never see in a game. But it's all a crapshoot. How many can't misses were there? That's why I don't really understand draft grades, because draft grades are based on nothing relevant to the NFL game. People were asking, you know, what did the Titans do? Because I'm here in Nashville, and that's the team that I cover. That's a, that's my account. What 
what rating would I give him? And I gave him a C. I feel like a C is generally what I'm going to give most teams because so much of it is speculative unless you have a can't miss. And the number of can't misses in this draft was what, really? I don't think Sewell's going to miss because I think he is incredible as an offensive lineman. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to miss. I believe in the original hype. All the stuff where the teardown stuff started happening about a month ago that then wasn't happening at all this week, I don't buy into that. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be unbelievable in the NFL. Now, could he get ruined by a coach or a bad situation? Maybe, but I don't tend to think that's going to happen. Not in this case. But there's a whole lot of other guys that are really talented, but I don't know what they're going to do. And how many great quarterbacks have flamed out to the point where we never even knew how good they could have been because of the situations they fell into in the NFL? I was either wrong about Josh Rosen or he never had a chance because of going to the Steve Wilkes-run Arizona Cardinals team and then ending up in Miami. I, I don't know whether or not I was just totally wrong about it or if the situation was wrong. I loved both him and Darnold, that year. And I'm still not giving up on Darnold. But I understand if you have. And there have been guys that have gone to great situations and those that have, you know, sat for a year. Did Aaron Rodgers go to a great situation originally in Green Bay? Yeah. It didn't, I mean, it was kind of ugly with everything that was going on with Favre, but it worked out. Patrick Mahomes came in, got to sit behind Alex Smith for one year. They knew what they had in Mahomes. They gave him the keys, and look what that's done. Sometimes it just works out, and sometimes it just does not. And you can't always figure out whether or not it's on the player or on the situation. So Justin Fields goes to the Bears. That's the best pick of the first round. I don't even think it's question. I don't even think it's a question. We bring it. Let's go to Brian Finley real quick, and then we'll continue to talk about these quarterbacks because we're just there's a lot to jump into about this draft. But I do want to find out what happened, maybe with the draft and outside of the draft in the NBA last night as well. Finley, what's going on? What's going on, Jason? And congratulations on thank you, dad, thank you, being a parent. First, we've talked to you since. We start in the NBA, and the Jazz return to the top of the Western Conference with a half-game lead over the Suns, thanks to Utah besting the Raptors 106-102. to The Nuggets stuffed the Clippers 110-104. to Nikola Jokic, 30 points and 14 rebounds. Luka Doncic with 20 assists, coupled with one turnover as the Mavericks weave past the Wizards 125-124. to The Pacers took a crowbar to the Thunder. Here's this for a final score, 152-95. to Also, the Hornets deflate the Pistons 107-94. to LaMelo Ball in his return from a wrist injury had 11 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 turnovers. And I think many people thought he would have had a 6 with that underhanded pass that went about 80 feet that he threw for a bucket inside for for his teammate, which was a sensational highlight. In Major League Baseball, the Dodgers lose their 10th game in their last 13 contests after gagging against the Brewers 6-5 in 11 innings. Mike Trout pounds a home run as the Angels drop kick the Mariners 10-5. The Padres trim down the Giants 6-2. Blake Snell gets the win on the mound. The Cardinals punish the Pirates 12-5. St. Louis, don't look now, has won 7 of 9 contests. And the Rangers 
shove aside the Red Sox 8-6. Boston left 10 on base. Also, the Orioles staple the Athletics 8-4. Oakland had two errors and two wild pitches. Medina Spirit winning the Kentucky Derby, and afterwards the horse refused to talk to the media, but jockey John Velasquez was up for it. What incredible feeling, man. This doesn't get old. <laughs> I mean, the pleasure is to be here and actually get it to win it again. I want to come back next year again. <laughs> and with that, let's get back to a man who's jockeying, being a dad, working on sports radio, and trying to find time to sleep. It's Jason Martin. Yeah, Finley, I'm tired of these diva horses. <laughs> yeah, I know. Horses, look, if you win the Kentucky Derby, you should be expected to make your media availabilities. I mean, these people need quotes, and you're giving them absolutely nothing. And it's year after year after year after year with these entitled equines, and something needs to be done about it. And I'm glad you, for one, called them out for it. Well, look at Aaron Rodgers. He was there at the Kentucky Derby, and he says he's going to speak, but he's not going to touch on anything when it comes to the NFL. I mean, give me a break. You can't make yourself public like that and then pretend like you're too good for the media or having some sort of answer to what you're trying to put out there in your narrative well if he did answer i'm sure it would have been in the form of a question welcome back it is the jason martin show here on fox sports radio i'm jay mark that was brian finley i am uh yes that's right i am weighing dad radio host and sleep and during that last segment right before we went to finley i forgot the quarterbacks that were drafted for like a few seconds had to kind of mumble and then just kind of collect yourself. One thing you do figure out in radio is that silence can be your friend. One of the early things, you know, people ask me, and I'm sure they ask those guys out in LA as well, you know, how do you do this? What tips do you have for me if I'm trying to break into this? And my first tip is always the same never say no and try to be good at everything you can. Learn every job in the building, learn how to run the board, learn how to edit, learn how to talk. Learn how to create ideas. Learn how to write. Don't expect to do TV first. If you do writing first, you can do everything else. If you do TV first, yeah, you know, I don't know. But one other thing, when there's like rookie broadcasters I'll work with and they'll ask me for pointers or something like that, one of the biggest ones is you don't have to fill every millisecond with your voice. Even a solo show, right? Like this, this show is different than what I do five days a week. So how do you do this? And you can ask, you know, Brian No and Jonas Knox and a lot of very talented people at Fox Sports Radio that do this on a regular basis also. And what you learn is silence is your friend. Because the silence that I hear feels like it's about 15 seconds long. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is an eternity. People are flipping off the radio because I haven't spoken in like four hours. And in actuality, it's like half a second. Or it's a second and it's just for effect. Or I could um, do this um, because I want to make sure um, that there's no um, dead air. Um, That's one of the first things is figuring out what your little trick is. What's your word that you always go to when you have nothing to say is. And then saying, hey, eliminate that word with silence. Don't try to fill it with another word. Just fill it with silence. And that starts on the radio, and then it jumps right into your actual conversations in life. So even if you're not doing radio, that'll help you. Figure out what your trigger word is, what your crutch is, and then eliminate it. But don't try to replace it with another word. Just get comfortable resetting. 
And that's what I had to do because I forgot about I forgot the number one pick in the draft is the one that that just disappeared. I was just like naming these quarterbacks, talking about Mac Jones, and I forgot Trevor Lawrence existed. Dad brain, man. Hashtag dad brain. When we come back, why was Justin Fields the best pick in the first round? And what even happened in that whole situation? Why was he even available that late? Honestly, in my opinion, that was way too late considering who had gone before him. We'll talk about that. I'm Jason Martin, and this is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the 3 and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jason Martin. This is Fox Sports Radio. This happens to be my show, which is still really, really cool, even a couple of years in. I could, If I'm doing this 20 years from now, I'm still always going to think it's cool. I'm on Twitter at JMartRadio. You can find me there. 
Justin Fields, I was actually kind of stunned because of what a brilliant decision that was, what a good call that was by Ryan Pace. They needed a quarterback pretty bad because they had definitely fallen on black days. So I went and looked this up. How good a pick was this and why? Like, obviously, we haven't seen him play, so everything's speculative. But I love Justin Fields. It was 1A and 1B for a while, and then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, Mac Jones, ooh, but Trey Lance, ooh, but Zach Wilson. Never really got it. Still believe Lawrence will be the man, but I think Fields is also going to be really good. If my Denver Broncos weren't going to, aren't going to make this Aaron Rodgers thing happen, and I know they're going to give everything they can, but I wanted him to take Fields, and he was there for him to take. But the Bears certainly made the right call. All due respect, RIP to the 2021 QB1 tweet from the Bears with Andy Dalton. But this is all I really need to say about this pick. This is from an article entitled, Bears quarterbacks since Mike Ditka era. From Jim McMahon on. Just listen to this list. Mike Tomzak, Jim Harbaugh, Peter Tom Willis, Will Furrer, loved him on SNL, Steve Walsh, Eric Kramer, Dave Craig, Rick Myrer, Steve Stenstrom, Moses Moreno, Cade McNown, Shane Matthews, Jim Miller, Chris Chandler, Henry Burris, Cordell Stewart, Chad Hutchinson, Craig Krenzel, Jonathan Quinn, Kyle Orton, Rex Grossman, Brian Greasy, Jay Cutler, Todd Collins, Caleb Haney, Josh McCown, Jason Campbell, Jimmy Clausen, Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer, Mitch Trubisky, Mike Glennon, Chase Daniel, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and as of Thursday night, Justin Fields. That, friends and neighbors, is a list of sadness. Chris probably has the biggest smile on his face right now because he listened to that list. Because he knows what it means. That's his division. He's a Lions guy. The Bears' futility at the quarterback spot is incredible. The only worst list is the list of AFC East quarterbacks in the Tom Brady era when he was in New England. And that list is like 43 deep, and it is an atrocity. Like, I need to make sure all listeners are off the highway with no beverages that are warm that could injure you in your hands before I would ever even consider reading that. But of the list that I just read, think about that. The Bears franchise, they've never seemingly been able to figure this out. And now they go grab a guy that I think could be the guy for them for a long, long time. And again, if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you've got precisely squat, bupkis. And the Bears had nothing with Andy Dalton. And now, okay, now we got something here. Once you've got a quarterback, you've got a shot. And they also made themselves about a thousand times more interesting, which is something the Bears haven't been in quite some time also. Justin Fields immediately makes them a team that I want to watch. 
I haven't wanted to watch the Bears in five years, probably, at least. We'll be back. we got two more hours to go. Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about it next. What's happening? Second hour of the program. My name is Jason Martin. This happens to be the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Glad to be with you. Glad to be back. Appreciate all the hard work over the last few weeks. And just, I said this on Twitter a couple of days ago. I'll repeat it for all the listeners and, and, and those folks that have said really cool stuff. When Clara Grace was born on April the 14th, and I put up that comment on April the 15th with some photos, I disappeared off of Twitter for a week and a half, just to spend time with the family. I was able to get away because I was taking that time off from work as well, the daily show, so I really could kind of tune out and chose to do so. And so I had hundreds and hundreds of responses, and... Just a lot of well wishes. And most of the time, I try to respond to everybody individually or at least, you know, like it, like it, like it, all that stuff. This time I just kind of put up a tweet and I was like, hey, I just want to say I saw all of this when I came back and it meant so much to my family and I appreciate it. So I want to say that to you guys as well, that I appreciate it. Even if you didn't hear from me directly, I wish you could have, but know that we saw every one of them. We saw all of that stuff, and it was it was awesome, and it's really cool to to have that support. And now the experience of of being a parent is pretty awesome as well. And you'll probably hear story after story about that as we move forward in this journey, in the weeks and months and years to come, because so many of you can relate to the stuff that I'm now experiencing for the first time, and probably laugh and chuckle about it, and can offer good advice too. The thing right now that, look, if there was a draft for parents, one problem, Mel Kuyper would be on stage burying me for my lack of burping ability. My burping's a problem. Like, I I can sit her up, but she starts to kind of just kind of crush back down like she's folding up like an accordion. Try to put her on the shoulder. That doesn't tend to work very well. Most of the time, she burps on her own after I've stopped trying to get it to happen and have laid her down, and she spit up as a result of it. So my burping would, may have kept me out of the league, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm not sure I wouldn't have been an undrafted free agent where maybe somebody had picked me up to come to camp, but I might be on a practice squad because I don't know that you can put me out there with my burp ability. This is like, yeah, I'm fast as a corner, but I've got bad hands and I'm blind, so I don't know. I still it doesn't matter that I can run. Actually, you know what? I run a four one forty, but my eyesight's like twenty out of one sixty, and there's nothing that can be done about it. So you still can't put me out there. You can't draft me as much as you'd like me. Usain Bolt can't draft Usain Bolt because he doesn't know how to play football. But man, he's so fast. Yeah, but that's it's got to be more than that. So I might have a lot of other talents. As a father, that that you might want me on your on your father team, but when it comes to burping, I lose. So I'll take all the advice I can get on that because I want to help CG because of all the eating she's doing. Like every hour and a half, she looks up like, "Yep, that's it's that time again." So yeah, she's supposed to be burping and all this kind of stuff, and I just, I it's like I've never. It's, it's a skill set that makes no sense for me not to have considering how adept at it I am in my actual life. 
But I teased Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. That news coming out, the timing of it, just left me nearly in tears laughing today when Mike Tirico put out that report at the Kentucky Derby that Aaron Rodgers, after he did his prestidigitation, if you saw that outfit, looked like it was straight out of the illusionist or the prestige or something like that. After he stole your money playing three-card money, he told Mike Tirico it was unfortunate that that got out, that that wasn't supposed to get out, that, that he loves Green Bay and the people and all this other kind of stuff. Dude, your people leaked it. Like, what are you talking about? It's it's really sad. I'm 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 disappointed that information got out on the day of the draft. Are you? Is that because you wanted it to come out the day before the draft? I mean, you were the biggest story on the day of the NFL draft. You finally got the payback for sitting in that green room forever. Dropping in the dropping because you were a Jeff Tedford product and that kind of made you made people afraid of you, I'm afraid, but you finally, the draft was one of those nights that you've never let go. And so, so this year was going to be your year. Like this year, you were going to be the number one pick. So the Aaron Rodgers information comes out. He's so disgruntled, Adam Schefter says. He's so disgruntled that he has told people in the Packers organization he's not coming back. And then it makes more sense the story that had come out a few hours before the 49ers had reached out about Aaron Rodgers, had been quickly rebuffed and then moved on. And then you hear about Denver, and you start to try to piece together other potential destinations, but you hear West Coast, probably not in the NFC. So all of a sudden, I get excited. Even though I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, I'm a huge fan of his talent. Here's benefits outweigh the problems 101. I don't think I'm getting an Aaron Rodgers jersey, but I'll let him win me a Super Bowl. Because the thing about Aaron Rodgers, and this this goes to the exact point of what he told Tariko. He's kind of a jerk. He might even he might even know that to be the case. But I mean talk to people actually in the NFL who have played around Aaron Rodgers and a lot of them are actually going to say what I just said to you. I've heard it from multiple NFL players, past and present. Yeah, he's 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 kind of a jerk. One of the things we were talking about when Drew Brees, I think we talked about this on the show maybe a year ago or over that, is that find people that dislike Drew Brees. And this is prior to the, you know, what he said in the offseason that led to all that controversy last year. He wasn't a non likable guy. He was a very likable guy. Pretty much across the board. I didn't like, I've never been a huge Sean Payton fan, but I, I found myself, it was hard to dislike Drew Brees. It's real easy to dislike Aaron Rodgers. It's pretty easy to dislike Ben Roethlisberger throughout much of his career, too. That this came out on the day of the draft was perfect for Aaron Rodgers. It's perfect for the guy you would think Aaron Rodgers to be, though you've probably never met him or been within 100 yards of him. But him telling Tariko what he told Tariko is is mind-boggling. Because it's... I wonder if Tariko snickered when he heard it or if he waited until Aaron Rodgers was out of earshot and wasn't looking in his direction before he laughed at him. 
Like, he can't think that people are that stupid. The leak came from his side. Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Packers, who really wasn't discussed at all during this whole thing. It was about management. Really wasn't about LaFleur. I mean, he's 26-6 and with Aaron Rodgers. The last time you heard Matt LaFleur's name mentioned was, why did you kick that field goal? And then Jeopardy contestant doing that in Final Jeopardy. And Aaron Rodgers saying, that is a good question. In his monotone way. Matt LaFleur said he can't fathom Rodgers wouldn't be in Green Bay. I mean, I don't think anybody else could either, really. But he said, yeah, I know. I can't even take my brain to that spot right now. So I just want to do everything in my power to ensure that doesn't happen, meaning Rodgers leaving. I can't fathom him not being in Green Bay. That's where my mind's at. I don't only love the player, but I love the person. I love working with him on a daily basis. I think we all do, from the players in that locker room to the coaching staff. Again, I don't even want to let my mind go there. And then he says, I'll always remain hopeful and optimistic and certainly will always welcome him back with open arms. That's almost like he's gone. Here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. The reason why I've set this up about him kind of being a jerk, at least that's that's the general perception around him, I think. I don't think I'm speaking out of term when I say that. Doesn't mean he hadn't done good things. Doesn't mean he might not be cool if you know him. Look, there's always look. Everybody in the world has somebody that will defend them and say that they're a great person because they always were to them. Seriously. Even like people that you know to be awful, they've still got like friends or family that would swear by them because they've never mistreated them. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has those people too, even if I'm right about what I'm suggesting to you here. But the reason I mentioned the Rodgers thing in terms of, the, of his personality is because of all the quarterbacks that you could see just taking it to the house, Aaron Rodgers is near the top of that list, is he not? Like if we listed all the quarterbacks in the NFL and we ranked them on a scale from most to least likely to retire out of spite, would Aaron Rodgers not maybe be number one? Seriously, close your eyes and tell me you can't envision Aaron Rodgers just saying screw it and Barry Sandersing that thing and just rolling to the house. Jeopardy or not, it's not like he hadn't made enough money. And his wife and his soon-to-be wife, Shailene Woodley, she's made a pretty good bit of money as well. He doesn't have to play football anymore. He doesn't have to be the Jeopardy host. I don't think he'll get that gig. I didn't think he did a bad job, but my mom is the biggest Jeopardy fan in the world, her and dad, actually. And she told me point blank, and I'll take this over anything else that you want to tell me. She said, look, I've watched all the guests, and I thought that Aaron Rodgers was good, but I also thought he was the worst of those that they've kind of run through. Jennings was better. uh, LeVar Burton, you know, all these other people were better. Now, Aaron Rodgers has some star power there, but yeah, I don't think he would be their top choice. But Jeopardy or not, tell me you couldn't see Aaron Rodgers just giving him the one-finger salute, crop-dusting him on the way out the door, and then rolling. That's why this is interesting. 
the Russell Wilson thing wasn't as interesting because I didn't think Russell Wilson was that type. In fact, I don't think he is that type. Will we dig in his heels to get what he wants? I mean, he could. He could try to play that leverage game. But this might be setting the stage for an exit a year from now, not right now. I never really took that fully seriously. Deshaun Watson, look, that story's become something else. But when it initially happened, it was, okay, here's another likable guy. This is totally out of character for what you anticipate him to do. If it comes down to it, is he actually going to sit out and use his leverage? Or is this guy not the kind of guy that would do that? Aaron Rodgers is 100% the guy that would roll to the house just to tick off the Packers. Like, spitefully, he will take his ball and go home. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me he's not the top of that list. Who else is near the top of that list? I mean, seriously. Quarterbacks ranked from most to least likely to call it a day out of pure spite. Josh Allen? Don't think so. Tua? Don't think so. Cam? I don't think so. Lamar, no. Joe Burrow, no. Baker, Baker might have a little bit of spite in him, but Baker's becoming more likable to me by the week. Roethlisberger, he's near the top of the list. But I think almost out of spite, he's coming back this year because they're not winning anything. Carson Wentz, mm, I don't think so. Tannehill, no. Drew Locke. Drew Locke looks like he wants to be cool more than he wants to be great, but at the same time, I don't think he would do it either. Mahomes is not going to do it. David Carr is not going to do it, or Derek Carr. Justin Herbert's not going to do it. That's just the AFC, without the rookie quarterbacks included. I didn't even get to the NFC, but you find me a quarterback that's more spiteful than Aaron Rodgers. And then you look at this story and the way and the timing and even him saying, oh, I'm, I'm so disappointed that this came out with his hand, with uh, two fingers crossed behind his back. And it's okay. Like, he can do this. But this was absolutely from his camp. And now it looks like it doesn't look good for him, but this it seems like this is how it goes in Green Bay. Like when it when your time is almost up in Green Bay, it's probably not going to end well. Didn't end well for Favre, and Rodgers was on the other side of that fence. And now looks like it might not end that way for Rodgers, and he's on the flip side of that fence looking at Jordan Love. Then you saw the report that the Packers had, had tried to had told him they were going to try to trade him and then backed off it the night before the draft. He thought he was going to be a 49er. All this, I don't know what's true and what's not of all of that mess. But I absolutely know it's true that Aaron Rodgers was not disappointed that that information got out on Thursday afternoon. Nor were we because that was daggone interesting, wasn't it? We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this. And we're going to talk plenty more draft. I want to bring in the crew and talk a little Aaron Rodgers with them when we come back. Again, anybody you can think of, maybe not just in the NFL, in all of pro sports, where you could hear that guy retired out of spite. And then you would hear 
Aaron Rodgers. Anybody more than that that you would say, yeah, I can believe that. I'm Jason Martin, and this is Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jason Martin. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Our draft coverage on Fox Sports Radio, all brought to you by NetSuite. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? Stop, man. That's more like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sink with outdated software. Right now, NetSuite offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. That's special financing at NetSuite.com slash draft. That's NetSuite.com slash draft. I was thinking about doing the break. I still can't get it. I was trying to come up with other guys in other sports that I could see doing this, and I just couldn't come up with anybody else. The Aaron Rodgers story is fascinating. He's like, oh, I'm so sad, so so disappointed that this information came out on the day of the draft, and and really, I I'm just sad this was made public at all. I love Green Bay. I love the fans. I love. Okay, bud. It came out the afternoon of the draft. Because your people wanted it to. I feel very confident in where I am about that right now. So what I was saying before the break was, can you think of anybody else in sports 
where if you heard the story that ex-athlete out of spite just went to the house and retired, can you think of anybody more likely to do that than Aaron Rodgers? And again, look, if I met him, he might be the greatest dude I've ever met. It's very possible. The aura and what I have heard and what I have seen, I can only base my opinion on that. And it is that, yeah, he's kind of a jerk. So this story comes out, and I immediately was just like, yeah, I I can certainly believe this. And if you read the story that, I think it was Tyler Dunn, wrote for Bleacher Report a couple of years ago, was kind of uncorking it with Aaron Rodgers and the ownership there, Mike McCarthy and all that, the whole Packers dysfunction thing. That was First off, that was unbelievable journalism. Second off, yeah, you believe most every word of that too. And it didn't reflect well on McCarthy, but it certainly didn't reflect all that well on Aaron either. So what happens here? Green Bay had the number one offense in the game last year. Everybody's like, oh, but they didn't help him out. I don't disagree, except that they did did go get Robert Tanyan. They've got a right around the top five running back in Aaron Jones. They've got maybe the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers makes him better, and he makes them all better, and he makes some of those other targets better. But their offense wasn't exactly struggle bus last year either. I mean, that was the team was in the NFC Championship game hosting it. They lost it, but they were right there. Like, if you're, let's just say this. I understood a lot more why Deshaun Watson wanted out of Houston than I do here, other than they drafted my replacement and I can still play. Instead of getting me a skill position player, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. And the ego that goes into playing pro sports, the ego of being in the public eye, you want to talk about a monster. I work in an industry full of it. I see it and I feel it in my bones because I have to fight it every single day. You get on Twitter and you see a radio host that's got a lot more followers than you in a bigger market than you. Everybody is just hanging on, seemingly hanging on their every word. They're in all these interesting conversations. And envy starts to eat away at you. Pride starts to eat away at you. And I think the reason why at least on the media side, is because the product that we offer is ourselves, especially in radio. Or as a writer, I would say this is true too. TV, you can play a character. And I guess you can play it as a radio host too. But a lot of what I do for three hours for you guys every week on Fox Sports Radio is just me. It's what's in my brain. And if that gets rejected, you're not rejecting this watch that I made or this thing that I sold you or this service, the thing I'm selling you, the service, what I made for you is my own thoughts 
It's from my own heart and from my own mind. And so when you see somebody doing better than you in this industry, I think it, it flips to that way. So look at professional athletes and look at Aaron Rodgers seeing Jordan Love, knowing he could still play at a high level, high enough that he threw 50 touchdowns and won the NFL MVP. And some joked that he would do that out of spite before the season began, and then he went and did it. And then he wants a long-term extension. But I, I honestly just think as soon as they took Jordan Love, he was like, all right, fine. I'll show you. Wait until a year from now. But that backs up my assertion that out of spite, I would could see him roll into the house. He's made a buku of money in the league and with endorsements of State Farm and everything else that he's done, he's going to be just fine. His kids' kids are going to be fine. His kids' 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 kids are going to be fine. They're all right. He doesn't need the game unless he just needs to win another Super Bowl for himself because he's in that class right now with Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, the guys that won one but couldn't win more than one. And if that's what you're measured on, then that's the blemish. All of the talk that he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived, it just can't hold up against Tom Brady's rings. I'm sorry. It just can't. And he'll drop behind Patrick Mahomes the second Mahomes wins multiple Super Bowls. And we say that because we assume he will, but we also thought Aaron Rodgers would win another one too, and it never happened. But does Rodgers really need football? No. He doesn't. He loves it because he's really good at it. But does he need it? When you don't need something, it's real easy out of spite to go home. I could definitely see him going hard after Jeopardy, but he could do that even when he was still in the NFL. Is Denver a fit? Yeah, Denver's a fit. They are loaded with skill talent on the offensive side of the ball. All they all they are missing is a quarterback. I know it because that's my team. If the Broncos got Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl contender. Even though I don't love our head coach, I love him as a defensive coordinator. I don't necessarily love him as a head football coach. But I'd also like to see him with a real quarterback. He could be a fit in a lot of places. In a lot of places you can you can make Aaron Rodgers a fit for. All but maybe two teams in the league would probably dump their quarterback for him right now. I immediately thought, by the way, when this news came out, it's just like, well, the perfect switch would just be trade him to Houston for Deshaun Watson if it weren't for what we already know to be true about Deshaun Watson. In terms of, and I don't mean the allegations are true, they're allegations. Just the the circumstances in his career and life right now are such that you can't really do it. You saw the story came out, I think the day of the draft, it may have been the day before, that the Houston Texans were planning to trade or try to trade Deshaun Watson this past week. Had it not been for what happened, their plan was to do it the week of the draft. But all that we won't trade him was just posturing. 
And I know what Green Bay is saying because why would they trade Aaron Rodgers? Shockingly enough, this is nuts to me. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a no-trade clause, which is fine. No-trade clauses would be fine if nobody had them, right? Jimmy Garoppolo does have a no-trade clause. He actually has leverage Aaron Rodgers doesn't. The 49ers, man, as well-constructed as their team is now, and as much as I like Shanahan as a football coach, that contract... What they gave Jimmy G on limited information and gave him a no-trade clause on top of it, what in the world were they thinking? There's like a handful of guys with no-trade clauses in the NFL. Some people think they're more important than they are. But Rodgers doesn't have one. If they wanted to move him, they could move him for the best deal. And then it would just be, out of spite, does he go home, forfeit the money, and say, you know, screw you, I'm done? Because he's he's got the power and the celebrity that so many other guys do, don't that would enable him just to roll to the cut. He's got the power to make it happen even when he doesn't have actual leverage by the letter of the law, by the letter of the contract. Because it's all really in his... Yeah, the Packers can do with him what they want, but he doesn't have to do anything they say. It's a, it, it is a, I'm very interested to see what happens on June 1st when the money changes over and then maybe you make the move. I saw the suggestion on June 1st, the Broncos get him. They send back two first round draft picks, Patrick Sertan, who they took at nine, who I really like. And maybe they, the Packers have said they didn't even really want another quarterback because they believe that much in Jordan Love, which is unbelievable to me because I, I just, I felt like that. Well, maybe sitting behind for a year, they've seen a lot in practice, but that is a bold statement. So maybe they don't want Bridgewater or they don't want Drew Locke or whatever else, but they would take that. So maybe it still happens there. I would say the chances it happens until June 1st probably aren't great. And maybe they find a way to mend it. LaFleur saying what he's saying is dead right. I can't imagine him not being here. Yeah, I imagine that's true. That's one of the big selling points of taking that gig. Even though as a younger guy that didn't have a great resume as an offensive coordinator prior in Tennessee, he was probably going to take one of those head coaching offers and only one of them had Aaron Rodgers attached to it. But out of spite, couldn't you see Aaron Rodgers calling it quits? Just because... Let's bring in Finley. He's a guy who, out of spite, would do absolutely nothing. But, but Brian, you tell me. Aaron Rodgers quit out of spite? Tell me that's not way out of school for me to suggest. Yeah, Jason. What Aaron is doing is he's just shooting gunpowder. If there was a, a legion or an army of narcissists, Rodgers is the general of that army because he's like – that cousin you have who tries to sell you knives from Cutco, like Rogers knows that like if you're the cousin, you have a special spot for that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rogers knows he can take advantage of you. And, and that's what he's going to do. Although I do believe that it's all a smokescreen. He's just trying to trick everybody into what he's doing. I can't fathom Jason seeing him hang it up after this year. 
I just think that this man loves himself so much that he can't stand not having himself in the picture here. And if it's really just based upon drafting a quarterback and there being some miscommunication and not letting Rodgers know that they're going to bring in Jordan Love, is that really enough to have a childish temper tantrum over? Or is that just a way to focus the attention back on him? Because that's what he loves. Well, that's the key. Aaron loves Aaron. Yeah, well, see, that's the key. The word childish is the key there. Is it enough? No, but but the fact that it's childish means it doesn't have to be enough. Yeah. If you're childish, you don't have it doesn't have to make sense if you're a child. Like if it's just a if it's a four year old or something that's throwing a tantrum, you're like, what on earth? That's over nothing. It's because, you know, I don't know, Debbie had a had a bigger amount of ice cream than you did, and now you're going to do nothing and you refuse <laughs> to go to school. It doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to. That's that's what a tantrum is. So that's why I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers out of spite. I could see him doing something ridiculous just because he's Aaron Rodgers. Everything he is doing is calculated. He has a plan. He he thinks like we all know he's the smartest guy in the room. Don't think for one second he has a hidden agenda here all to benefit him. He is trying oh, to fool, sure. fool all of us, but I think most of us are smarter than he thinks that we are or he presumes we are. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, he was very sad that that information got out <laughs> yeah. on the day of the draft. And he said that at the Kentucky Derby, which you can tell us about now. Yeah, so let's get right into that Kentucky Derby. So Aaron Rodgers was there, and Medina Spirit was the one that won a 12-1 to odds and won by a half a length. And Bob Baffert was the winning trainer, and John Velasquez was the jockey. Meanwhile, in the NFL draft, we did have, while Aaron Rodgers seemingly dominated the NFL draft discussion on the third and final day on Saturday, some notable names to come off the board through rounds four through seven. We had LSU linebacker Jabril Cox picked up by the LA Rams in the fourth round. Of course, the Saints going with Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book in the fourth round. So that is an interesting pick there. And then Chiefs Offensive lineman, new to be, a former Tennessee Vol, and I saw you, Jason, tweeting about this, Trey Smith going in the sixth round. Dude. Mm. Man, he has blood clot issues, right? Yeah. Uh, that dude's got day one talent. Like, look at his measurable numbers from, like, the people that do this for a living. I, that dude's talent is unbelievable. If he can play... The Chiefs got way better because they got him at the 229th pick. I can't believe he lasted that long because when you get to round five and six, you're really a lot of times grabbing practice squad players. Why wouldn't you take a risk on him at that point in time? The Chiefs got rich on that one to me. He did. He was a five-star coming out of high school, living up to the hype. In the NBA, the Jazz returned to first in the West by a half game by shelling the Raptors 106-102. to The Nuggets win their fifth straight. By taking it to the Clippers, 110 to 104. Luka Doncic putting out 20 assists to guide the Mavericks over the Wizards, 125 to 124. In baseball, the Dodgers face plant to the Brewers, 6 to 5 in 11 innings. Mike Trot homers as the Angels dominate the Mariners, 10 to 5. The Padres downsize the Giants, 6 to 2. Blake Snell. Pitches five innings of one-run ball to tally the win. Also, Manny Machado booming a three-run home run in the first inning. The Rangers shove aside the Red Sox 8-6. to six. The Cardinals skewer the Pirates 12-5. to five. St. Louis has won seven out of their last nine contests as we send it back to Jason Martin.
Hey, Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is now accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. All right, Chris, I want to talk to you real fast, at least for mm-hmm. a couple of minutes. NFC North, that's your account. You're a Detroit Lions guy, pride of Detroit, and you guys are working hard and all this kind of stuff. So the Aaron Rodgers story from your perspective goes how? So I I don't I don't want to cast aspersions on his character because I think it is complicated there. I think at this point, maybe he's thinking about his legacy. And from what I've I've heard, like Maybe he just he just doesn't straight up like some guys in that front office. And look, this isn't it's not just about Jordan Love. They didn't trust him on fourth down in the playoffs. That's true. To make a play. And even before that, he didn't get to have a say when they hired LaFleur. He didn't get to have a say in the coach. Someone say, oh, you, you shouldn't want your quarterback to have a say. But at the same time, uh, co- uh, coach and quarterback, or at least even offensive coordinator, relationships matter. We've seen it kind of over and over in the NFL. So I think maybe, you know, if if Aaron Rodgers does feel he's been stonewalled, it's definitely been going on for a minute, and it's not just Jordan Love or drafting a corner in the first round of the 2021 draft. And I, I don't know what he's going to do. I think he has the willpower to say that if, if he says that he was willing to walk away or retire for a year to avoid the contract, I believe him. I also believe he's going to have plenty of opportunities. I'm not just talking about Jeopardy. Uh, he goes on a lot with Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's That's show true. is one of the biggest you know, sh- things to be happening in sports media right now. He could more or less become the co-host with Pat over there. And ESPN, Fox, CBS, NFL Network, any of these networks will, th- will br- back up a Brinks truck for him to come on and spend their Sunday mornings in the studio breaking down games. He will have more than enough time. He will have more than enough opportunities to keep himself busy if he wants to be busy by stepping away a year. And then that's a question of does he come back after that or does he, like many guys who go to the booth who aren't named Jason Witten, decide they just don't want to come back. I I don't know what's going to happen, but when he says he could walk away for a year, I believe him on it. I, I think other guys, maybe you see it as a threat, but for him, it's not a bluff. I don't think it's a bluff. I think he's he's very serious when he talks about it. Yeah, I think that's I think all of those are really good points. The TV points really fascinating too. I don't know if he wants to do that or not outside of doing Jeopardy. Maybe he just wants, maybe he wouldn't even be interested in that. I don't know the McAfee thing. I could absolutely see happening as well. And I think but he goes yeah. on McAfee enough that if he did want a studio job, he's got a body of work. He talks oh, well sure. when he's on McAfee. And yeah. again, he did the Jeopardy thing. It's not going to be like he goes out and he tries to be Peyton Manning and he gets you know relegated to a uh, to like a web series or something. They will have him on Sunday on Sunday Countdown. Yeah, they, he's also tied in with Levitar too. He used to do he used to do that a lot also. So maybe he could do Meadowlark if he wanted to. There's yeah, a lot got, of options if you're media, Aaron Rodgers. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, a lot of options is what we'll say. When we come back, Ryan Bershinger will tell us what happened weird in baseball. You want to miss that? I'm Jason Martin. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the 3 and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions 
on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Rage Against the Machine get in. I know they were in the list of nominees for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe they haven't actually picked yet, but I know they're on the list. We'll report back in the third hour. Ah, I mean, they there should you be go. they should be a shoe in, in my opinion. Like I would imagine so. I, mean, I would tend to agree. This is Jason Martin Show. It's Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jay Martin. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley. That's the crew out in Los Angeles. Ryan Bershinger, what's going on in baseball? And you know what I mean when I say that. I don't mean the wins and losses. I mean the weird. I know you got something for us. Oh, that's right. We love this week in weird baseball. Well, first off, let's look back on the whole month of April because, you know, baseball has been fun and exciting and and people are actually talking about just regular season games mm. on national radio over the past month, which is wild. That never happens in April. Um, Major League Baseball just had its worst offensive April in history. Nice. Uh, across the league, uh, the league hit 232 overall in April, which is down from 252 from two years ago. And uh, a new record low after uh, the, the previous record was 237 set in 1968. 
and uh, after that season, they decide to uh, lower the pitcher's mound. So if something drastic mm. happens in this upcoming offseason, you know why now. 232, Bursch? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I hate to bring this up, but uh, Chris's Tigers, 199 in the month of April. We're going to only you win know, like 20 really. games. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not so sure you're that sad to bring that up, actually. <laughs> That's like Aaron Rodgers saying he was sad that information got out. Yeah. Look, look, I, I stumbled across it. Okay, it happens. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but let's look at the good, shall we? Fire uh, Vila. How about Mike, <laughs> Mike Trout? Mike Trout, uh, his his war, he picked up .2 war on Saturday night. You know what? Are you familiar with wins above replacement? Uh, it's a fancy uh, catch-all stat that kind of takes into account everything that a player does on the field. Mike Trout is the king of this. And uh, he he now has 77.9 war all-time, which passes Ken Griffey Jr., for 41st all-time. So by war, Mike Trout is already more valuable of a player than Ken Griffey Jr. was. And Mike Trout, mind you, is 29 years old. Uh, so uh, speaking of Mike Trout, uh, one of the more impressive things that he's done in his career, over his first 320 games, he slashed a line of at least 287, 384, 494. Only three people have done this in the last decade. Mike Trout, Juan Soto, and Jesse Winker. Who? Thank you, Jason. Uh, Is he so, a Bears quarterback from like 1998? Not anymore. No, no. Oh. Uh, he now plays for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, so, and Jesse Winker actually currently leads the National League with a 370 average. So, watch out for Jesse Winker. Nobody ever mentions him on a national level. He's a legit talent. He's playing incredibly well. Uh, and always, I like to update everyone on Jacob Degrom because he's having a oh. phenomenal season. Just incredible, a .51 ERA. He became the first person in Major League history to reach 50 strikeouts in their first four starts of a season. And then in his fifth start, he got another nine strikeouts, putting him at 59 through his first five starts, which ties Nolan Ryan for an MLB record. And uh, on the season, he is currently 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, he is. That's right. Somehow, the Mets have lost two games in which Jacob deGrom has starts. And, uh, Good man. He's, Mets gonna Mets. Exactly. Quite frankly, Good job, Mets. You have maybe the best pitcher of the last couple decades, and uh, this is what's happening. So, thank you. Oh, uh, you hate to see it. My Braves are actually beneath them in the standings in the East, but there's a lot left to go. We appreciate that, Birch. we got the third hour of the show straight ahead. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. What's happening? Third hour of the program. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jay Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. Our draft coverage on Fox Sports Radio all brought to you by NetSuite. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? About time to stop that. That's quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. Right now, NetSuite, up to date, offering a one-of-a-kind financing program, special financing right now to help you run your business. NetSuite.com slash draft. That's NetSuite.com slash draft. So, we talked in the first hour of the show. I laid out a case in the first segment. If you miss any part of the show, you can podcast everything that happens on Fox Sports Weekends. I think you search Fox Sports Weekends and you'll get it. And you'll get you know all, this, all the work that's done, all the hard work by all the talented folks on Saturday and Sunday. The case I laid off the top of the show was about why the draft has become the product it has, the entertaining product that it has. Like, it's reading a list of names. Like, the one thing that you can guarantee is going to elicit an eye roll. 
is, and I mean for like for those that that are Christians that read the Bible, is the chapters of the Bible, the books that are nothing but lists and instructions. The reason I mention that is just because it's generally a boring practice. With the draft, it seems like it's anything but. And what was it? And I said, well, I think it's because, and I had not ever thought of this before, but I was thinking of the Social Dilemma documentary and the way that Twitter is designed intentionally to be like you're pulling a slot machine. The way it goes, the way the timeline scrolls is designed to replicate a slot machine. Because our minds just work in a way where that's an addictive, repetitive motion to keep refreshing. And a draft is basically refreshing a timeline. And it's got a countdown clock on top of it. You are guaranteed something, right? It's a mystery, but you're going to do something. You put 25 cents into the deal when you're a kid. You're tw- you put 25 cents, I guess, it was 25 when I was a kid. Sometimes it was 5 cents for a gumball. But I'm saying like for one of those you know, plastic bubbles with various stuff in it, and you'd see the big graphic on top of the machine, and it'd be like 20 different things could be in there, and you wanted one of them, and almost never would you get that one, but you would maybe then keep feeding it, right? You look at a skill crane machine, and you see all the plush toys in there, some that are designed not to be one, and those are the ones you really want. And the way the weight is distributed, they're always going to remain in the machine, by the way, pro tip, if you want those items, just be there when they're actually restocking the machine and say, I wanted that, and they'll usually hand it to you. But you could spend 10 bucks trying to win that blue dog, but that blue dog is in there for a reason. It's in there to entice you to get it, and it's put and placed in a, at a specific angle and for a specific reason to separate as much of your money from you as possible. Until you finally give up because you're not getting that blue dog. NFL draft, you don't know what a lot of teams are going to pick, but you're guaranteed every 10 minutes in that first round, you're going to get a new pick. You're going to get a new piece of information. You pull that slot, you've got another chance to win. Now your team, your turn, you're waiting, you're kind of waiting in line, but everybody else that is picking around you, everyone else that's pulling the same lever that you are, affects you as well because the team you care about means you care about that division the players that you care about because of fantasy means you care about the entire league it's 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 very well designed as a business and then there's a cottage industry where you don't even have to be right because you're never going to be held to account i've talked on this show several times it's just hard to try and pull this off on a once a week show but we do it during the nfl season we pick all the games and we keep up with it and we all that stuff but you're never held accountable in this business for your wrong predictions unless you choose to be and i said yeah i want to be the show that really everything that I say is weighed as a yes or no and we like find a way to tally it and all this kind of stuff almost have an ombudsman for the show it's just hard to pull off in this format so we haven't really ever cracked that code on a regular basis but if you are 
a draft prognosticator. You never have to be right. Once you are one of the chosen ones, it doesn't matter. All they want to know is where you think people are going to go. Because ultimately, when they go with something else, you, you forget about it. There were, what, 95 different mocks that I saw in one article just deciding what the Titans were going to do with the 22nd pick. I was one of them included because all the media personalities, the, they all had to select as well, so it was all in this article. But are we going to be held to account for getting that wrong? I said Greg Newsom from Northwestern turned out to be Caleb Farley. Does it matter? No. In fact, most people probably didn't even remember it until I just said it. Almost nobody probably remembered it, as a matter of fact, until I just said it. Now they're like, oh, you got it wrong. Todd McShay, I think, got the first eight picks of the draft right, but he changed stuff on the final day, which tells me he knew what, what was going down. He had information. Whether or not he had it for the weeks prior and held on to it and then dropped that to make that final news, the truth is, and this is just, this makes sense. This is common sense. If you are mock draft guy and you do it and you make an in- make income with it for whatever your website is, dippyfootball.com or whatever it is, it doesn't matter what you say in mock draft 1.0 or mock draft 2.0 or mock draft 3.0 or 4.0. The only one that matters is the one that comes on the day of the draft. Or your final mock. When you put your final mock out, that that's the only one you might be held to account for. And I say might because Kuiper was not good at all in this draft, and it doesn't matter. And the problem with trying to predict a draft is, if one pick goes wrong, that can lead to a line of picks going wrong. So this isn't me dogging on Kuiper for not having a very good first round. It's me saying this whole thing is kind of a racket. We just kind of listen to it because it's interesting, not necessarily because it's accurate. We're fascinated by it, but it's not exactly the truth. But it doesn't matter. It becomes part of the entertainment. The industry surrounding the draft is its own show. All the mock drafts, and I don't mean the ones you're doing and the draft simulators you're doing, but I'm talking about the plethora of podcasts and all the experts that put out mock drafts for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and then drop one at the end that's nothing like what they said with new names on it because information's gotten out. And then there are some people that I truly believe simply want to be in headlines. I'm not going to give the guy's name right here just because there's no reason to do it, but there was one pretty prominent guy on NBC whose final mock draft, and he's supposedly an expert, right? His final mock draft had Justin Fields going 32. It didn't have Greg Newsom being selected in the first round. It didn't have, I don't even know if it had J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son, going in the first round at all, but I know that this same guy also put out a list of his rankings by position, and J.C. Horn was not a top six cornerback. He wasn't even listed. And he was asked about it, and he was like, I just, I don't think he's going to be able to play very well in the NFL. Maybe so. Why would I be mentioning J.C. Horn? That's not a big name to a lot of you, right? J.C. Horn 
who was not in this guy's top six overall cornerbacks, went eighth overall in the draft. Meaning, period. He was the eighth pick to Carolina before Patrick Sertan went to the Broncos at nine and the Cowboys traded out at ten. But again, the, the point here is you don't have to be right. All you have to do is be interesting. And it's one of the reasons I've become so numb to this whole thing. If you've listened to me regularly, if you happen to live in Nashville and you listen to me daily, if you listen to me here weekly, you don't hear me break down a bunch of mock drafts for months before the draft. Instead, you hear me refer to something called the season of lies, which I need to trademark as soon as possible. Because that's what we're in. No coach, no general manager, nobody that works for one of these teams has any reason to be honest and every reason to be dishonest. The experts on television don't have any reason to have necessary integrity behind everything that they're saying because they're not going to be called to account for it if they're wrong. It's about the run-up. Once you get to opening night, and I mean, they're already moving on to 2022. I mean, Kuyper's grades are out, and now, boom, all right, now it's time to start looking at next year way too soon. Because if you look at the top 50 that will come out in the fall, names are going to pop during the season that aren't anywhere near the radar, and guys that are in the top 50 won't end up going on the first two days of the draft. It's such a crapshoot. It's so fascinating. That's why. That's another reason why it's like the lottery. It's like you know the names and you know the teams and you can see the toys inside the skill crane, but you're not even sure what's quality and what's not. And all the information just, it's overload information. And you can get lost in it. But I think people have gotten addicted to it, and I think that's why you've got 12 million people watching the draft on night one. It's why they've extended it out another day and made the first round its own night. But how... But you think about Joe Lenardi. Joe Lenardi, ESPN, who does bracketology, who usually gets everything but like one team right, or maybe at worst he'll miss three or four. Most of the time, this past year he missed one. And he even had them down to regions and seats. I don't know how much people remember that, but he needs to be kind of right because his whole job is picking how the NCAA tournament is going to stack up before games are played. Kuiper and McShay and Matt Miller and all of the guys, the draft guys, that's basically what they do, but nobody really cares if they're right. I find that really interesting. We don't care. Mel Kuyper is great TV. We don't care. Todd McShay is really good TV. We don't care. We'll read these articles until the cows come home. Because football is king. And we're looking at who are the new heroes going to be in the National Football League? What's the new jersey I can buy? 
NBA draft doesn't really hold this anymore. It just doesn't matter. MLB and NHL drafts, nobody even watches. You just kind of find out. And because of the way everything's set up with uh, the way the minors are done and stuff, that doesn't help. That makes everything much more difficult and the age limits and changes. and there's, It's a lot more minutia there. But the NFL draft has become a bona fide number one show a bona fide bucket list item to attend. When it comes to your city, you're going to go. If it ever comes back to Nashville, all of you should travel here and go. But you think about jobs where you just don't have to be very good. You just have to be entertaining. I mean, a news anchor has to report the news. A pundit on Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or somewhere, they don't necessarily have to be accurate. They have to be provocative and they have to be entertaining. doesn't mean that they're willfully being deceitful to you. It just means that whatever their inherent biases and all that kind of stuff, it ends up being irrelevant as long as they're well-spoken or they are... um, polished in their performance, or in some cases, the opposite, because that can become interesting as well. It's not even about the substance, it's about the style. And the draft is nothing if not stylistically beautiful. And if you look at the amount of people that have jobs solely because of not their ability to predict the draft accurately, just their ability to contextualize the draft in advance, predict it, be wildly wrong, and be celebrated with people just like, oh, I love this guy. I can't get enough of it. This is my favorite time of year. Unbelievable. The power the NFL draft has in the United States, and I guess globally, for that matter. It's kind of awesome. Again, I, I I definitely can get enough of all the stuff in the run-up to the draft. This week was the longest week ever, not because I'm lack of sleep and new dad and all that kind of stuff for the first time, but just because it's like, can we get to Thursday already? I can't take this anymore. I can't take these final mocks. I can't take all of this kind of stuff. A lot of you may disagree and love all of this stuff forever, but it is undeniable that this stuff works, that it makes a profit, that it helps people make a living, and that it proves just how important football is, not just to sports, but to culture and pure life in America. Football being the lifeblood means that the draft, not just alive and well, but thriving and growing seemingly exponentially every single year. When we come back, we'll jump into uh, we'll jump back into the draft in more specifics. We talked about the quarterbacks. I want to talk about some of the decisions some of these teams made. What teams definitely made themselves better? Maybe even try to factor in now that we kind of look. There's going to be some trades and some other things that are still to come, but now we can actually look a little bit deeper into who's good and who's not right now in the NFL as we move, you know, towards the summer. And then before we know it, back to games. We'll be right back. I'm Jason Martin, and this is Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jason Martin. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. Little temple of the dog for you here. Say hello to heaven. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. That's amazing. Discover's accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Jeff sends me a message. Congratulations on CG. That's Clara Grace, my my daughter, two-week-old. Coming into the world, daddy's little girl. Get ready for it. I, shoo, boy. One thing you do find out is you're not, but you get there quick. Burps or not, and I'll stop there after you said some kind of stuff about the show, but yeah, that that's my burping measurables kept me out of the first couple of days of the draft. Like new dad draft, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff happening there. I got a lot of things that I like. Then you get to burping and it's just like, okay, well, you can't do that. So at best, I'm a special teams guy. I need all the help when it comes to burping. Also, I look at my daughter, and her face tells me, yeah, Dad, you're not good at this. And I, I have to be good at everything for her, right? So I, I'm going to need some assistance in that fashion. Fast Five turned 10 on, I think that would have been Friday. That being the fifth Fast and the Furious film. And that got me thinking about something. I know I said we're going to talk more draft, and we talked a ton of draft on the show, and maybe we're going to jump back into it, but I'm going to diverge for a minute, talk to the crew for a bit too. 
the reason I mention that is because it got me thinking about favorite franchises in movies. I felt like Fast Five really was when that series began because that was an Ocean's Eleven style film as opposed to the first four movies, which I then went back and watched. But Fast Five is when I started really enjoying that series for what it is. I mean, I'm not saying it's winning Academy Awards. I'm saying it's just awesome and fun. You can shut your brain down and just the more ridiculous, the better. But that's become as big a franchise globally as there is almost in all the movies. There's already a couple more coming out. There's probably another spinoff on the way. They've already done the Hobbs and Shaw thing as well. And I started thinking, well, I'm not putting it at the top of my list, certainly, of franchises. But franchise movies and series, where does it rank? I'm not sure where it ranks, but then I started just considering others. I feel like the top of my list has to be the Nolan Batman trilogy. And I'm saying like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, those kinds of things, they're almost in a different category. It's almost different. It's hard to try and rationalize it, but at the same time, I mean, I'm more modern than that anyway. I like Star Wars. I like it a lot. As a matter of fact, I don't like it like some people like it. Indiana Jones, kind of the same way. I like both those franchises a lot, but I don't have rooms dedicated to it or anything. I felt like the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out and was kind of a new generation version of one of those classic series. But Lord of the Rings, to me, isn't as high only because I saw those movies once, and maybe you watch the three of them every couple of years but I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to rewatch that over and over and over again. I think the best series of movies are ones that I would just watch all the time. The Nolan Batman films. I think the Harry Potter series is is near the top of our list. Mine and my wife's one of the things we first bonded on. I think that. You know, some people are going to decry it for being popcorn material, but I, I really am a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's kind of hard to look at that as a series because of so many different things going on. You could say the Avengers series, but I, I didn't like the second film particularly. I didn't hate it, but I thought it was fairly weak, especially compared to the rest of the series. I think the Mission Impossible series is uneven because the second film was not very good. The first film was very unique and different from everything else they did. The third was a change-up. That was the Abrams film with Philip Seymour Hoffman. But it was Ghost Protocol where I felt like Ghost Protocol was Mission Impossible's Fast Five. And then you got some great films after that. I thought Rogue Nation was pretty good. Fallout's one of the greatest action movies I've ever seen in my life. Just an awesome movie from start to finish. So I definitely think Mission Impossible is in there. Uh, And as they continue to build off of the last three, that's a series I can't wait for every time. And when they keep pushing it back, it saddens me. Bond is a series that's gone for so long, it's hard to really put it in there. You almost have to do it series by the Bond. So here we're in the Daniel Craig era. Casino Royale is one of the greatest Bond movies ever. Tremendous. Quantum of Solace is very forgettable. Skyfall is right up there with Fallout. It's one of the great action movies and one of the great movies of the last 10 years. And Spectre was disappointing. No Time to Die, you're hoping it's going to be a good finish for Daniel Craig. The Matrix, 
it's a series that I like more than most people because I adored all three of those movies. Most people hated the last two. The first one is obviously the best. So I don't know where it fits. And there's a bunch of others, and there's stuff that I'm forgetting as well. But look, my crew is, is nothing if not uh, uber-cultural in different ways. And so I wanted to bring them in and have this discussion with them because with Fast Five turning 10, it just made me think, first off, wow, I'm old, and that movie's older than I thought. But two, Fast and Furious became a billion-dollar property that I think took The Rock to another level even because that's when he joined was, was the fifth film, was Fast Five. That character spawned off. He had been kind of sporadic before that. Like The Rock had been very hit and miss in the stuff that he was picking. Then all of a sudden after that, he went on a better tear. Now he still would make a whatever it is, that skyscraper film he tried to make. He would still make some bad stuff, but he made a couple of fun Jumanji films, and I think that his hit rate went up after that. And the Hobbs character just kind of took him to another stratosphere from a superstar standpoint, and then ballers would come pretty soon thereafter, and he would would be able to take it to another level there. But, Perfet, I know you're into into some interesting stuff, so you may be about to name some kind of anime series I'm unfamiliar with, but from... Just series of movies, like a, a grouping, something like that, a trilogy, a quadrilogy, something like that. What, what's near the top of your list? I'll leave you the anime stuff aside, mostly because I don't think those shows, they seem to go more original. They don't really have very long-running series in that regard. I could probably sure. name, some, name some games. But uh, I, I know you brought it up earlier. It's funny. My dad's a huge James Bond guy, and... I, I almost like all, a lot of the Bonds, like Roger Moore's yeah. whatever, but I love the Timothy Dalton stuff kind of perversely. Me too. Yeah, and um, that's one of the great ones, but I, I have to push back with you on Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. I love going back to it. I, uh, I'm i big on a lot of fantasy stuff, I, which is funny because I could not read, when I was a kid, I could not get through the Lord of the Rings books. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we were just talking before the show how I was trying to get through those three Hobbit movies before they left HBO Max, and it's it was up. That, those were up and down, but I remember when those Lord of the Rings movies came out, and that was such a big deal. And I still go back and watch them. I try not to watch the extended versions because I want to have a little self respect for myself. Yeah. But I I still go back and watch those all the time, just because that was such a moment in my life for those movies, and I remember what a status symbol it was. For you know, eighteen, seventeen-year-old kids in my class to have those those box those DVD box sets that looks like they were like leather-bound books, yeah, 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 just yeah, sitting yeah. there for you. Those those to me is the pinnacle with just the acting in it with Ian McKellen as just a, some of the best acting I've seen him do uh, besides a couple other movies. And yeah, it, it's got to be Lord of the Rings for me. That's probably for me the best trilogy of all time. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's hard to disagree with you. I think it's just one thing. I grew up reading those books. They were some of my favorite favorite books, but I didn't see the movies when they actually came to theater. I didn't see any of the three of them in the theater. I actually bought a Blu-ray box set of it uh, when they released one of the gold edition deals and then sat down and watched them all. And I just kind of, maybe it was just maybe the moment had passed and I was a little bit older. I found them a little slow and a little long and indulgent. Um, I still loved them, but it was just kind of like, this is something I'll watch like at Christmas time every few years or something. I think that was it though, is that they were the first movies I remember that were that slow, indulgent, and just kind of just, they let you kind of drink it in as the theaters. And yeah, you combine that with a bunch of people just 
dressing up because this was Lord of the Rings. This was like the beginning of what we call high fantasy. And I grew oh, up yeah, reading no so doubt. many trashy books. I loved, you know, I even loved Robert E. Howard, like Conan the Barbarian books growing mm-hmm. up and uh, all kinds of other fantasy derivative from Tolkien. So it was to see that on the film and see kind of just that whole, like we're, we're talking, this was before a lot of the big franchises took off. And this was kind of the first time I had seen that reaction to movies where people were just dressing up like that, at least in my lifetime, I'm probably sure there's probably people there for star Wars, but I was when Phantom Menace came out, I had no interest in that. So it's, it's just, I, I, for me, it was Lord of the Rings, but I think you're right. You just had to, you had to catch them when they were in theaters to really get what was going on. Yeah. I think it just, you had to be part of the touchstone of the moment. Like if they put them in theaters right now, you know, I I would go see them again, and like I said, I own them, and I watched. I have seen them multiple times. It's just not a go to. I would go to all the time, like Back to the Future, or something like that. Burst, what what's on your list in terms of like series of movies and things like that? So uh, I I second a lot of the ones you said. You know, Star Wars, Marvel. Uh, they're they're all at the at the, the Nolan's Batman. They, all at the top of my list. Uh, I will include John Wick as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, a, a fantastic action series, and so like so casually builds the universe around it. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's so well done. I I watched uh, Nobody earlier. Yeah, this I've week. seen it. Mm-hmm. Basically the same thing. The same if it's not fun. <laughs> the way I reviewed right. that film was if you made John Wick not nearly as fun. Yeah. And rewatchable, then I think that's the way I felt about it. But I'm glad you mentioned that because the other thing about John Wick that I find so fascinating is none of us saw that coming. Oh, yeah. None of us saw those films being like, I don't own a ton of movies anymore. I do buy hard hard copies of stuff from now on. But over Christmas, like usually Black Friday sales got me. I would buy 15, 20 DVDs a year during Black Friday. This year, I bought exactly one, and it was the John Wick trilogy on Blu-ray, the new edition that they had put out, because I just wanted to own those films because I was so impressed with it's a it's a work the gore and the violence are a work of art. It's done in such a way that I just I can't get enough of it. And Keanu Reeves is just a great character. I was going to bring it up because I know everyone going into John Wick kind of like I, I saw a lot of people dismissing it just because yes. Keanu Reeves. We've kind of known what he's in, he is for a minute. It's like oh, this is a one track guy. He can only do one thing. And even on some of the John Wick movies, I hear people putting it down and saying. Reeves isn't a great actor. I I don't know False. how you miss that. No, the guy has fantastic range. I, I I even liked him in the cyberpunk video game where he gets to put himself in yeah. there. But I John Wick kind of. I think we all saw Keanu in a new light with those movies. And I the, do too. the The fact that he does all of that action, all of those stunts himself, is just so incredibly impressive. Like he's it, it really adds to his ability as an actor uh, when when he's because I, you you can watch like you can find like training videos of him on the internet where he's going through gun courses and he he does that stuff in his free time. He's he's an incredibly talented man. And and yeah, it's the same thing. That series snuck up on me. I, I watched the first two films in one day because the the second movie was in theaters. And uh, I I kind of made a passing comment about oh I I didn't think that was a movie that would ever get a sequel. And my friends like no you you've never seen the first one. We're watching it right now. And then we watched the first one and then went to the theaters and watched the second one. Uh yeah, an incredibly impressive series. Don't mess with a man's dog. <laughs> exactly.
Do not mess with a man's dog. All right, Finley, I, I hate to ask, <laughs> because the last time I asked you about movies, I got some very odd answers from you. So, first of all, I wanted to bring up the whole Keanu Reeves conversation. Keanu is a wonderful human being. By all accounts, yes, I've heard that he's a very giving man, very mm-hmm. philanthropic. He is a horrendous actor. Aww. An absolutely horrendous actor. Love the guy. He's a tremendous human being. Nope, so not- giving with his <laughs> time. False. But if you really want to go to the, the series that, that I'm really into, you got to start with Lego Batman, guys. You got to. That's start not a with... series. That's one movie. All right. If we're not going there, Land Before Time. Okay. Now, see, now you're just trying to troll. No. I... Okay. Okay. I'll be serious. Wayne's World. There's two movies. There's three. There's three. Are there? Yes. What's the third one? There's a third one that came out. I promise you there are. No, no. There's not a third Wayne's World. I got dad brain, and I know there's no there's no third Wayne's World. You know what I do like? You know, one of the most, I told you before, Jason, one of the most relaxing movies for me, just to have it on in the background, oh, no. is Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. But if it's not that, I also like Harry Potter. I think that that's a very common... I mentioned that. Yeah. I love Harry. I, we have Harry yeah. Potter on a lot in the background at, at the house. Wayne's World 3 uh, has not been released yet. So it's a film that's potentially still going to happen, but it does not exist. So uh, you does tell it count me all if it's about coming? it. Yeah. Uh, it does not. <laughs> it does not. All right. So, so tell us what's going on in sports and then you can get back to your land before time. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, day three of the NFL draft was on Saturday and the Cowboys go with linebacker from LSU Jabril Cox in the fourth round. In fact, Dallas, their first six selections in the draft were defensive guys. The Saints in the fourth round, they bring on Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book. And notably, as Jason and I were talking about earlier on the show, the Chiefs going with Tennessee offensive lineman Trey Smith, who could have been a D or excuse me, a day one guy, but was uh, he lasted to the sixth round in the NBA. The Jazz make their way back into first in the West by a half game after beating the Raptors 106 to 102 that the Nuggets devour the Clippers 110 to 104. As Kawhi Leonard had 16 points, and Denver is now 9-1 since Jamal Murray went down with that season-ending injury. Denver rises into that third spot in the Western Conference. The Clippers droop to fourth. The Mavericks are in the fifth spot. They hold the tiebreaker over the Lakers, who are in sixth. And speaking of those Mavericks, Luka Doncic recording 20 assists, including the 20th that set up Dorian Finney-Smith with the go-ahead three with under 10 seconds to go as the Mavericks take down the Wizards 125 to 124. In baseball, what is going on with the Dodgers? Bursch's Dodgers have lost 10 out of their last 13 games after they blew it against the Brewers 6-5 in 11 innings. Mike Trout hits a home run as the Angels body slam the Mariners 10-5. The Padres smoke out the Giants 6-2. Blake Snell with the win on the mound going five innings. The Rangers duck past the Red Sox 8-6. Boston left 10 on base. The Cardinals skewer the Pirates 12-5. St. Louis has won seven out of their last nine contests. And Medina Spirit takes the Kentucky Derby. And with that, we send it back to Jason Martin, who I would have to add to the, the, the movie series that you're talking about, Jason, Airplane. 
I don't think Airplane 2 gets enough credit. It's not bad. For its no, creative it's, yeah. genius. I like both of them, even though they're basically the same movie. And I like The Naked Gun, all three. I like those films in general. But, but I had to ask you before I let you go, yeah. what's your favorite Land Before Time movie? You know, I'm a, I'm a good, good for, uh, I think, number one. I think that was yeah. the first one. Th- kind of figured that's what you'd say. Really? I mean, I've been watching these ever since I was a kid. Yeah, okay. All right, I, I'm with you. All right, that one came out in 1988. I thought maybe you would go with The Secret of Soros Rock. Well, I was or... born in 1988, November of 1988. Were you really? Yeah. But what about Jurassic Park, speaking of dinosaurs? Yeah, no, Jurassic Park's, you can put that on the list. It, it wouldn't be on mine. I love the first film. I've never even seen the law. I've actually never seen anything but the first one in that series. Oh, wow. I probably should. All right, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you slide on this. By the way, just to throw this out there, I looked up The Land Before Time just to see, all right, they probably made two or three movies. I remember the toys at Pizza Hut. I have a few of them, I think. Land Before Time, Great Valley Adventure, Time of the Great Giving, Journey Through the Mists, The Mysterious Island, The Secret of Saurus Rock, The Stone of Cold Fire, The Big Freeze, Journey to Big Water, The Great Long Neck Migration, which also might be the story of Merton Hanks, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses, The Great Day of the Flyers, The Wisdom of Friends, Journey of the Brave. So he could have gone with any of those. Finley could have just wikipedia that and said, oh, it's Journey to Big Water. But instead he said, I think maybe the first one, and the first one came out the year he was born. Yeah, mm. I, I sense a little Aaron Rodgers being disappointed in his uh, in his honesty there. We'll be right back. I'm Jason Martin, and this is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios. I'm Jason Martin. Happens to be my show, Jason Martin Show, on Twitter at jmartradio. That's where you can find me. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Fox Sports Sunday coming up next. Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley have been my crew. They've done a great job, as always. So the draft is a wrap. I want to give you some numbers here. 1,086,627 high school football players. 310,465 high school football seniors. Of those, 70,147 play college football. 20,000 freshmen play football. Six point five percent of the high school players make it to college. Fifteen thousand seniors are playing football. Remember we started with a list of a million guys playing in high school. 6,500 are scouted by the NFL of those that are playing in college football. 350 guys are invited to the combine. And these are generalized numbers that are, I think the the specific numbers of players and seniors and all that kind of stuff, I think that was up to date, non-pandemic. Of the 350 invited to the Combine, you know, there's others outside of that, but 256 are drafted by the NFL every year. 300 rookies make a team. Of the 6.5%, of the 70,000 
that are playing in college football from the million that play in high school football. Of that 6.5%, 1.6% of them, and that's 1.6 of the 6.5, will reach the NFL. NFL players reaching year four. 150. Think about that. Think about the dreams that came true that we watched over these last three days watching the NFL draft. Think about how hard it is to hear your name called or to even be invited to a camp after the fact. Man, you want to talk about threading the eye of the needle. Inside a haystack, attached to a second needle. It's amazing. It's amazing that anybody ends up making it. And we saw a bunch of dreams come true. And I hope that your team, I hope that you're excited about some of the new additions to your team, just like I am in Denver. And I'm covering the Titans. I feel like they made some really good moves as well. I know Chris's Lions had a pretty good draft. There's, there's some really interesting things happening, certainly. But again, the odds are not in your favor to make it to the National Football League. So props to everybody that did, because that took a lot of work. It took a lot of God's blessings as well. It took a lot of perseverance, and now it's going to pay off. And now we benefit as fans of this great game to be able to watch their careers. Appreciate them while we got them, folks. I'm Jason Martin. Fox Sports Sunday coming up next. I'll see you next week. See you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 